Hello, everybody. This is Marshall Poe. I'm the editor of the New Books Network. NBN listeners like to read books and buy them. So we thought we'd tell you that right now, our friends at Princeton University Press are having a remarkable site-wide sale. You can get 50% off books, including ebooks and audiobooks, with the code 50, F-I-F-T-Y, at checkout until May 31. You can save some real money on Princeton University Press books. I encourage you to go there and check it out. Welcome to the New Books Network. Hello and welcome to the New Books Network. Today I have the pleasure of interviewing Dr. Elena Serrano. Welcome to the show, Elena. Thank you very much to you, Paula, Paula, for interviewing me. It's a pleasure to be there in New Books. Elena Serrano is currently a research scholar in the European project directed by Monica Bolufer in Valencia called CIRGEN. Circulating Gender in the Global Enlightenment, Ideas, Networks, and Agents. And uh, today, he, uh, she, I'm sorry, she will be talking about her new book, Ladies of Honor and Merit, Gender, Useful Knowledge, and Politics in Enlightened Spain, published in 2022 by University of Pittsburgh Press. Before we go into the book, Elena, I was wondering if you could tell me more, tell me and the audience more about your career and your scholarship. Um, yeah, thank you very much. In fact, the history of science was not my first choice. So I first graduated in chemistry and I did some research in two university laboratories. And I even began my dissertation in biochemistry in how the proteins are transported through the cell. But however, I abandoned the dissertation um, because I found very difficult to conciliate my research in the lab with my family care. And then later on, I worked as a popularizer of science and technology in journals like El País and the textbook publisher Santillana. But when my children grown up, I decided to resume my dissertation, this time in history of science. And I had this, I, I began, I had this common idea among scientists that when one is too old to be a scientist can always be an historian. But it, it turns out that this profession was much more um, difficult <laughs> than the scientists, actually. But I think that my background in biochemistry labs and journals and textbooks uh, fueled my consistent interest on exploring the relationship between material culture and scientific knowledge, and also um, how and why knowledge circulates and the role of gender and woman in all this process. Great. I love that. I love that you, um, there is a common perception of historians as, you know, people that just, they, they write books and those books go to the library and they just get dusted. And uh, I mean, they just get dust and that's it. But definitely I like, <laughs> I like that you mentioned that it's a much complicated and it takes a lot of work to to write um, a history dissertation, but that's wonderful. Thank you very much. Uh, let's just start with the book, and perhaps would be useful to start with the title, like what you know, where is your book taking us, and an overview of these institutions that, for someone like me who has studied history of Spain. Are, or, or history of um, and history of colonial Spain are very are um, 
I know about them, right? The Sociedades Patrióticas. And the Junta de Damas was one of this. And so, but can you explain what what these were and how, what were their goals in, in society and in Spain's uh, economic progress? Yeah, see. Sí. So, as you said, this, the Junta de Damas, the, the, the object of my book, was uh, the female branch of the Sociedad Económica Madridense de Amigos del País. And I would say that the emergence of these societies, uh, also called Societies of Friends of the Country, uh, were, were a very interesting phenomena that we find at mid-18th century in, in Europe and America, uh, because in these societies were People normally, um, the learned, the, the learned um, levels of the society, met together to try to make and spread the knowledge that was supposed necessary for the advancement of the country. So that's 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 why they call them um, friends of the country or improvers, because their aim was to work for what they call um, the public happiness. That of course always uh, this public happiness has much to do with them but also they try they try to 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 improve the lives of the of of the people around no um, for example economic societies investigate for instance uh, ways in which the harvest could be be made more abundant or how to profit from byproducts for instance profit from the animals waste for fertilizing the lands or from kitchen ashes or burnt oils for making soaps or bones for making gelatins and they aim to educate peasants and artisans in these techniques for doing so and they translated books and articles so and they they so they are they, as 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 we see with that, there's there's not such a difference uh, as we can say today in the in the feminine in the feminine um, spheres and the masculine spheres. So we are here dealing with things that we today we could say, well, this was a, a feminine task, but in fact not. <laughs> uh, this 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 try to to make in the the most or of 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 the of the ways was a, a, a general concern or or to how to to prove new new crops was a general concern. It was not a concern only of women. So when did these societies um, start and was it only the aristocracy that uh, managed them or was, it was not a democratic organization correct bueno um <laughs> so we we were not in a, in a we were in a very in a very um we were in an, an antique regime we were not in a democratic society to begin with but saying that saying that they they try at least the junta de damas they try not to not to put the um, the titles over the the or the status over the the intelligence so to speak so they were all considered like like um like brothers or sisters in the case so they don't want to play they they wanted to downplay the status that's that's what what all the all the all the game here so um, they were aristocrats, but they were also clergymen. They were even uh, artisans in some of them that they were considered that they, they can advance the techniques somehow. Um, 
And the idea, at least in paper, at least in paper, was that everyone there was the same, was at the same level. So in this sense, we can say that they were democratic, but in this, in this very 18th century sense. Um, and what were their research methods and their communication methods? Ah, uh, yes, they have they have commissions. So, for example, they have the Commission of Agriculture or the Commission of of Industry, and then and then they 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 discuss among them. They translate the the essays that they were thinking that they were maybe important, and they sometimes they publish the memories with the with the with the results. They also organize prizes. So the prizes to the best um, artisans in town that can uh, broder, do brodery and this kind of, of artisanal of craftsman techniques. And see, that's and they sometimes they, they also organize schools, schools for, for for girls and boys or for peasants. This this was mostly the, the ways to communicate. Yeah, no, that's and, and you mentioned that it was both men and women that uh, contributed to create this useful knowledge, right? These um, documents and research and guides to for for about this useful knowledge to to make a better society. Yes, but but not no. So I wanted to I want to be very clear here. So the the only female society. Uh, the branch, uh, the only uh, female branch that we know like that was was um, was this junta de damas. The other societies they don't they don't have like um, how to say a formal uh, a structure of women. But of course, women were 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 working in in, um, in not not in the in the in the meetings themselves, but for example at home they were translated or re receiving in the the people at their palace or their household. So they were working, like we would say, and in informal networks. It was not not a, a recognized uh, network or a recognized uh, status. But they, they, they. Of course, we know that in the sisters, the daughters, the wives of these men were involved in, in all kind of things, like experimenting with them or or drawing the the um, the pictures for the books or editing or translating. So we have thousands of examples that, although they were not in the same in the same uh, society, they were like an extended network. They are working. Great. Am um, I here? Yes. See? Yes, this is great. I I am no, this is perfect because this also takes me to the next question about how historians have studied these sociedades patrióticas, because in what you tend to see is a focus on these male uh, sociedades de amigos del país, right? So what is the relevance of your findings within, within the historiography of, of the Spanish Enlightenment uh, and the history of aristocratic women? See, um, so I think that the most important thing is, is to look to things uh, from another point of view. So um, we cannot project our, our, our visions to the past. And this is what I think has happened with this Junta de Damas. So we were projecting in the Junta de Damas the idea of we have of aristocratic women in the, in the 19th century that they were doing like charitable activities. And... Um, 
which which also may be wrong <laughs> but but i mean we 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 tend to see this this um um junta de damas like a phila- only only like a philanthropic a philanthropic um society but it was at the same level as philanthropic as it was the men's the men's one in, in this sense so both they were co- trying to contribute to the to the general happiness and both were involved in knowledge activities so when when we look at the junta de damas um we see that of course they were they were going to the to the to the fouling houses and and to try to to take care of the children but they were doing that we could say in a scientific way in the way that that um an enlightenment society will do so that's the important thing that we are we we don't need to look to the universities and to places that women were not allowed to be uh, to find so then we of course we will not find them doing science but they were doing science in in this broad sense of science and in this broad sense of of sight so if we go to the places that women were then we could find them doing science that's the point of the book i think oh, that's, that's wonderful i think that's perfect like we're not going to usually in my field which is more business history that's you know that's what we are studying now is that we are not going to find that many women if we just look into corporate boards or into executive positions we need to go somewhere else right uh it's not that women didn't do any business work or didn't do any science work of course uh it's just that perhaps we were not looking at the right place um so yeah because because the story because the story uh, the story goes in a uh, the, the story of business i well at the same time as the story of of science yeah you can tell the story in many ways so if you tell the story of the institutions then you don't find women if you tell the story of of practices then you may find women so this is right that's the thing yeah so let's go (laughs) let's talk a little bit more about these women um and how they discussed and how they wrote and how they practiced science. They, I was, in your book, you, you explain how they research technology, how they talk about maternity, um, how they gather data to talk about all these things. <clears throat> and they write it down and they have their books and they translate from uh, other science scientists um, in Europe or around the world. How... Tell us more about, for example, Josefa Amar, Rosario Cepeda, La Condesa de Montijo, sorry, the, Conde, uh, the Countess of uh, Montijo, the Duchess of Benavente. Can you say a little bit more about them? Yeah, all the all the all the, the people that you have mentioned, they were uh, very interesting in their own ways. They were very unique in their own ways, but they also share some common traits that I think that they are the interesting part of 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 the book uh, they were all 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 they were very well educated in fact it was a condition to belong to the to this society to be a persona de merito um, that, that means that you, you have to be to to know what we, we we're going to talk about there no so uh, for example um the uh, Isidra Quintina Guzmani de la Cerda was the first, the first, the first woman that that had a Spanish uh, female doctorate. 
Uh, Josefa Mari Borbón was also an erudite that she knows Latin and she can um, she she wrote several books um, and she knows perfectly well the theories the medical theories of of for taking care of children. But um, others like the Contis of Montijo they were very religious and they they believe on. Well, they wrote a book on, on, on this, on the baptism and this kind of thing. So everyone and each one were different, but they all share the idea that aristocratic women or women in the high classes and learn, they, they, they can and they should do something for the country. So they should contribute to the general, to the general improvement. Of society, so they were they 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 share this ethos of of the improver woman. So they 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 were also friends of the country, and this is the thing that most interests me. This this aspect of being um, like a new persona for the woman. The, the 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 woman can also can be a mother, can be a, a, a wife, but but she also has a social responsibilities or civil responsibilities, or we may say even political responsibilities. So this is, um, yeah, the thing that, that I think is, is most interesting here. Let's talk about the Junta de Damas, right? Because they all were part of this Junta and they took care of this, of this institution, which is the focus of your book, which is the founding home, right? Founding home of, of Madrid. How, how was the Junta de Damas organized and how... How did they um, took care of the management of this founding home? Um, bueno, they took they took them. Uh, so they they the the founding house was was in the in their point of view from the very beginning. But it took them several years to actually to have the permission of the king to to substitute the male the male committee that was working there so the, the for from long time ago the the founding house was was uh, governed by a committee of clergymen and civil servants and then the ladies um the ladies of the junta went there and they have a um a tour there around the the all the the rooms on the babies and and were seeing the condition and they wrote a letter to the king saying well this is unbearable this is a disaster you need a, a group of women of learned women to take the to take care of this so then then they are they organize them very well and it, it's, it's it's really very emotion emotional to see them so they were a commission of several of them and each day one of them go to the to the house and to see how the things are going to control the nuns they they were no nuns they at the moment they were just wet nurses so but they contracted a french a french order that was um very much in in these ideas of of running hospitals, so they contracted the six nuns of the order. So they 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 look at all the um, the accounts. They look at how many properties the founding house has, and they are now not rented. So they put order in the in the in the rooms, but also in the finances, and and they were all the time writing down and. And, and writing down their conclusions and sending that to the king and 
counting. Basically, they were counting. They were counting babies. They were counting numbers. They were trying to make the, the numbers fixed. They were counting how many children were dying, how many children were entering, how many children, how they were improving. So, yeah. Is this, is this, this answer so, your question or do you want more details? Yeah. No, no, this is great because now I, I love the idea that you, that you say they were just, they were just counted and counted and counted. And that's important, right? For an organization. And maybe you can tell us a bit more about those books and the archives of uh, the Junta. Like how, you know, how are these, how did you manage to review all these sources? Where are, where are the sources? What are, um, what are some surprises <laughs> that you found in these sources, which I actually know uh, from other conversations that we had? <laughs> yeah. Okay. So the sources are are um, in several places, no? So so the <clears throat> these books, the, con uh, uh, concretely these books of this these book uh, big books of the chill of when the um, when you write down. Uh, the children that they are coming in and the and the characteristic of the children they are in the Archivo Regional de Madrid, but then the some minute some minutes of the of the of the meetings of the junta are in in, in el Archivo de la Sociedad Económica Matritense and some are also in the regional so some are lost in the regional and the others are the the thing the the the, the most how I can say the most um, em emotional part of the of of the work is when you when you look at the children that they are entering and then you look in the books of exit and you see how these children went to another wet nurse and how these wet nurse uh, then gives that to another get uh, wet nurse so. In a way, the children were passing from from one of these families to another family. I would say that the first time that I, that I decided that I said, "Oh well, this we I need to follow this," was was when when I was reading a book by Paula Demerson, a very classical book about the Contis of Montijo. That um, she, uh, Paula Demerson, by passing, she said, "Well." Um, um, this Contis of Montijo was also member of another society, not only the Junta de Damas, but another society that worked with the with the in the jails of of Madrid, and they were trying to make the conditions of the of the people of the woman there like better. So she she measured the oxygen of the of the cells, and I was like. What she she was measuring the oxygen, and then I began to yes, then I will began to look in the in the in the in the archives. In the in this case was was the archive that it is in Serrano, el los el los archivos el archivo histórico nacional, and and what was happening in this in these jails, and and what was happening with with these measures of oxygen, and then I found the the contact of these ladies with a chemi a, a, a important chemist chemi, chemi, chemist scientific chemist Gutierrez Bueno and so then 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 the, the horizon begin to expand and expand and say well yes these women were exactly doing doing net networking down without all the the men that were doing that and then and then this contis of Montijo was also involved in the fouling house and and then I I I, I began to to do the research in the fouling house so this take took me to the to the Archivo Regional of Madrid where you find this 
terrible big books of that. And then I discovered that they also changed the system of the book. So the books were done from the 17th century in a way. And then this woman decided to change the whole system because this was not working for them because they wanted to really follow the the lives of the children so and and then and then i also learned how to follow the lives of the children through these books and then i found something that was really very very touching that i found the labels that they put in the children like little pieces of parchments with the name and the day that they were born to the bodies of the children not to be lost because as as i said at the beginning they were counting and counting and they need to have the, the this these children alive and they need to know where they were because the the children where they went to the fouling house, but then they were distributed all, all around Madrid to be wet nursing because there were not enough wet nursings in the fouling house. The fouling house was like a, a, a place for staying a couple of days or a week till you find the wet nurse, and these children then were distributed. So they need these little pieces of paper, of parchment, uh, not to be lost. And it was really um, very touching to, to, to think that this piece was really touching the body of this of these babies well it is a little a little anecdote but but um, i found it um yeah very interesting yes we talked about that before and that must have been very yeah a a little bit of emotions in the archives that could be (laughs) see i was once talking with another another i don't remember her name that she said, well, I was pregnant on, on that time and I couldn't go to the archives of the founding house because you see well, the miseries of the founding house because we, we had the idea that in the founding house were only the children of the of the illegitimate children, but no, actually they were children from uh, poor families that they cannot maintain the children, so they have to abandon them and sometimes they try to come f- to pick them and they didn't find them because the mortality rates were enormous. So, yeah, this is another. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it was very hard to to look at that. Yeah, I, yeah, I can understand that not being able to while being pregnant or having small children to not be able exactly. to look at those things. Yeah. Exactly. Even when when if if you are having if you are giving the breast, yes. to nursing them. Well, then, then, then it's very good. Yeah, no. So let's talk about breastfeeding. Let's talk about these wet nurses because your book also uh, talks about these women. So don't not only about uh, the women that studied and uh, managed the founding house, but also the women that worked at the founding house and as with wet nurses. Who who were they and how did they uh, go, you know, about this job that is definitely, uh, I, I mean, it doesn't, well, I guess it doesn't exist anymore within um, developed societies or developed economies, but I, is, is there what nursing today? Does it exist today? Uh no, no, like that. It exists like I, I have seen. I have seen like networks of women that they are lactating and they may not have enough milk for their babies, so they contact another another woman to like share the um, 
the feeding of the babies, but it's in totally in 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 not not for money, but for for inequality, like mother to mother. Right, for community. Yeah, yeah. yeah, because the problem that in the 18th century is that it was the safest way to to raise a baby because you cannot you cannot count on on, on artificial milk milk like now. So they were they were goat milk or cow milk or milk with water with water that it was also a big problem. So and then you have to wash the things. So the, the safest way of, of bringing up a children was with wet nursing. And this, uh, but the, then the wet nurses that work in the, in the farming house, well, they were, they work in a conditions that were horrible. They were much, they were less paid than the, that the ones that work in the private houses. They have to lactate sometimes three or four babies. They, and of course, if you have milk, if it is because you have been pregnant and you have a baby, or so if you have a baby, if the the baby was for some reason dead, well, you just go and employ yourself. You have this resource, but maybe maybe the the baby is still alive, and the, you cannot. It was not allowed to to lactate your own baby. Uh, you have to to give it to another get wet nurse because. This I didn't get it the point very much, but I guess that that the um, the owners or the ladies here fear that then you will take more care of your own baby than of the other baby. So so I I I follow the life of a of a of a wet nurse that she has to abandon her own child for for lactating the others and and the own child ended dying because it was not so so easy to to survive in that condition so in a way the ladies uh, um, tried to have to to give better salaries to these web nurses better solution better conditions of work in the sense that they clean and they have their own beds that was not the case before they wanted to have good um much better um nutrition but they also control them much more so they wanted them to be like more um uh, clean with um, to yeah to treat the babies better and to to control that they were not um just giving them like wines and things for the baby to be sleeping so is is this this very uh, interesting um game between a uh, controlling or uh, bettering your conditions yeah no the part about what nursing is is tragic and very interesting to be honest yes of course because they and yeah and there was all the the sickness that and the and the disease that can pass from another wet nurse to the other, because if I am not sure if, if I have been very clear that when when you receive a baby and you are a wet nurse, maybe wet nurses just stay with the baby some months because then they fam- their family situation changed, so they they just bring back again to the falling house these children, this child, and this and the and the chain has to begin again. So then, so, so then they go to the founding house. They request a baby. Then see. they they take the baby to their homes. Yes, and then they they get paid every. How do they get paid every month or every week? 
every every month and normally and sometimes from six months in six months depending on where do you live because you have okay. to, to travel with the baby and you have to show that the baby is alive because what oh. happened before is that the baby may have been de- died but you still go there for your salary so that's right. you have to go with the baby and with this little parchment to say well this baby is this one <laughs> because, and because otherwise you, you you can interchange babies and See, it was a traffic of babies also there because everyone was in, in misery and poverty. So Absolutely. So then mm. you would have to go to the founding house so that your baby is still alive and is growing, right? Um, and then how old were the babies when they were ready to be weaned? house. Yeah. See, so the girls, if I remember correctly... Girls were six and and boys eight or something like that. So a baby could be with with a family six years. That this was not usually the case. Normally, they, they as I said, they were changing changing families. Six but, years. See. Whoa. Okay. But they were not wet nursing. They were wet nursing yeah. only till nine months, I think, okay. or depending if the baby was very little, then you can extend that because you were paid more if the till if you are breastfeeding the baby. Now that, um, yeah. Now that you say that, I think that I I've heard stories of under Franco. This still existed. This system, like I have uh, interviews or histories with women that their mothers took care of all their children. Yes, and then they didn't want to let them go because they were part of the family. Exactly. But then but you have to so you have to apply for that. It was not automatic. You you may think that it was automatic, but yeah. they they was not. You have to explain that and, and otherwise they See, pay them uh, till the six years, yeah. and then and then they they will go to a school. Or if they, if you want to take care of them, then then there begins another process. It was not not like yes, see. yes, yes. Well, this is really uh, interesting research. Yes. So the last chapter is about science uh, dissemination, science um, communication, and how aristocratic women were part of the intellectual networks that produced most scientific knowledge or at least uh, scientific knowledge of this useful knowledge that was very needed by society to to be improved right so how this did this work how you know how many of these women actually wrote research papers or research um, uh, writings how how did they work the thing is that um, there are gender norms. So if you are a woman, you you don't you cannot act as a man. So a man can publish, uh, as you say, research papers. A woman cannot, <laughs> cannot, cannot, because, cannot, or she can, but she has to maneuver, ma- not to be, not to be like uh, accused of being um, uh, to 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 proud or too uh, or not feminine or trying to to be like a man so so you so they they published some things but they published translations or translations of some books we know for example from Condillac eh, la lengua el, el lenguaje eh, la, el lenguaje de los cálculos de la marquesa de espejo 
or they write some books related with children's education, as we mentioned, Amari Borbon. But you don't you don't write um, the scientific papers. You can, for example, can can write to a to a journal that that it is in agriculture, for example, and you can explain your experiments uh, with making bread, for example, as they were also other making bread. But you 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 situate yourself in a in a in a low status to say, well, I was there. I am. I was there uh, trying to to help. I do. I did some research on soaps. So there are some some ways of doing of 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 making you uh, be present in the press. In the in and that's the difficult part of of addressing what was the role of the woman because these women were doing were doing a popularization of science in in other ways that doesn't doesn't imply writing. It's like you were there in the center of the city with these with these children. You were learning. You were teaching this this woman how do you genetic practices. How do you have to treat the children? How how do you have to which kind of things did you have to learn so it was it was like we could say soft power in a sense you were you are not like saying i am here and i have i have done that but you were saying that in 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 convoluted ways i would say so it is difficult to to really to assess the the um, the impact of this woman because the, the the ways that we have to make the impact is is not is not uh, made for uh, for women it's made for for counting the the men's uh, impact in this sense i am not sure if i have under uh, answered the question or yes no no absolutely and it's again we have to go to we have to bring in other spaces to understand how impact science impact exactly. works right uh, it, it's example, not research the, the, papers. The example yeah. that I mentioned before, no, about the oxygen. So if you are going to measure the oxygen in a in a jail, then then you are talking about this thing and what this thing is and what is necessary. Why is this necessary and how how it works? So then then you are you are entering chemistry, but in a in would say in a practical way that maybe it it arises more to a population that cannot read or they don't read so much so maybe the impact is is more if you act in the society rather than writing books at that time or making lectures that um it's it's, it's, it's like um life lectures <laughs> let's talk about what was the um fate of these ladies of the junta de damas after um in the 19th century, they reconfigured themselves. So they were they were uh, the the war, the independence war, and so some of them they they fight um, with the uh, in favor of the of the French. The other the others the other went more with the Spanish. But at the end at the end they reconfigured themselves and they they find they found other other channels to to continue not in the same of course not they were not like like with this status that they have because also the aristocracy was not in the same position that in the in the before in the years before but they found other ways to do to do the things either with the liberal or with the other very interesting all right so i think it's time to start wrapping up the interview but i am very interested in knowing what your 
current research is about? So I'm interested in more or less. One is, is to continue with this network of women and, and, and the way they organize the, themselves in these informal, informal uh, ways. And, um, and for example, the, the last paper was about a, a woman that was in the, in the Canary Island and, and was the sister of a very famous uh, engineer, Betancourt, Agustin de Betancourt, and her name was Maria de Betancourt, and how, how she worked uh, outside the society, but, but still with the woman outside the society, with um, dyes for, for dyeing the silk. And the other is is I am going more now on masculinity. So I, I am I am I am going to to look at relationship of of them of the body and and the theories of love and very strange things yet, but <laughs> interesting. That's great. Well, uh, thank you, Elena, very much for being here with me today. Thank you to you, Paula. It was lovely to talk with you, and I hope this interests our our listeners here. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure they they will like this interview. And also, I'm going to remind them that there is an interview with you in Spanish in the New Books Network in Español uh, podcast. And I also welcome them to to go to that channel and listen to you there. Today, I have interviewed Elena Serrano. My name is Paula de la Cruz Fernandez, and I am a host of the New Books Network. Thank you very much for listening.